Good morning from Northern California. It's Adiomo, day 24, Monday. And today, I just wanted to chat a little bit about two books I'm going to be reading this summer. For sure. I mean, I always have like more than a few books going. And I've been reading Rilke. I've been reading different art books. But these two came up. One came up on uh, from someone else's audio mo cast and one came up because of the crisis we have on our border and an article I read so the first one that came up from the audio mo cast I can't remember her name I think her name was Hope um, she said she was just finishing Surveillance Valley now, I used to be a librarian, and I used to see all these kinds of things come over my desk. We were always on top of what was coming out, and so since I've been out of the library for five years now, I don't check anything anymore, much anymore, except for what comes into my purview from my interests and what I'm looking at. But, or if I get a review, or a friend has suggested something, but... um Surveillance Valley, The Secret Military History of the Internet by Yasha Levine or Levine um, <clears throat> was what she was talking about and it's also, it's about the uh, the inter- history of the internet and um, an investigative reporter basically Yasha uh, is a Russian-American I believe um, <clears throat> has done some tracing it back through uh, history into the Pentagon counterinsurgency surveillance program and uh, I started reading it the other day at the pool when I was there and the prologue just the prologue was amazing it's not only did it start in my area Oakland California that's when the book starts um, about a uh, system that the citywide police uh, was in trying to install they were they were uh, bringing it up to county city council and it was called the domain awareness center that they wanted to put in which um, was going to was going to link real-time video feed from thousands of cameras across the city and funneling them into one unified uh, control hub. So, yeah, it's it starts out there, and it talks about the people that were there at the meeting and protesting it, and then... Um, <clears throat> Many of you know that I have long been bothered, if that's a small, short word or a (laughs) less harsh word than concerned or uh, angered by how much of our privacy and Fourth Amendment rights, uh, constitutional rights have been, you know, not just Fourth Amendment, but First Amendment, free speech, has been in 
violated basically from these the new technological surveillance um, that Google and Apple and YouTube and the censorship that's going on. So this is a book that's going to hold my attention, I think. And um, that's one book. The second book that I'll be reading is One Long Night, A Global History of Concentration Camps, Andrea Pitzer's book that was recently referenced in an article in uh, the Esquire regarding what's going down on our southern borders here in, here in my state and the southern states of bordering Mexico where the Hondurans and Guatemalans and everybody are fleeing from Central America but um it reminds me of that other book I got recently that I had to buy called What You Have Heard is True, a memoir of, of witness and uh, resistance. Yeah, that um, I haven't, I actually haven't plotted into that. Maybe that will be part of it, but I know it sounds like a lot of heavy duty, heavy kind of reading, not your regular summer reading list, right? Mm. So, we'll see. I might have to mix it up with, I don't know, something a lot lighter, of course. Something a little lighter. But, like I've always told people in the library, let's see, surveillance was put out in 2018. The One Long Night was 2017. If you haven't read it, it's a new book to you, you know. Not sure what people are reading today for their summer reading. Probably um, something to escape the reality. That's what most people do. They take a smut novel or something to the beach with them. I was sitting there reading this at the the, uh, pool the other day in this surveillance book. (laughs) People won't walk by looking at my title. It's like, I don't care. I don't really care what they think about what I'm reading, you know? <laughs> oh, dear. Yep. It's it's begun to be larger than life. Or the surveillance of our government. And I think I might want to read a little bit of this because this is what got me into it prologue of Oakland, California. This is from Surveillance Valley, The Secret Military History of the Internet by Yasha Levine. It was February 18, 2014, and already dark when I crossed the Bay Bridge from San Francisco and parked my car in downtown Oakland. The streets were deserted, save for a couple of homeless men slumped in a heap against a closed storefront. Two police cruisers raced through a red light, sirens blaring. I approached Oakland City Hall on foot. Even from a distance, I could see that something unusual was going on. A line of parked police cars ran down the block, and news anchors and TV camera crews scampered about, jockeying for position. A large group of people milled near the entrance, a few of them setting up what looked like a giant papier-mâché rat, presumably intended as a symbol for snitching. 
but the real action was inside. Several hundred people packed Oakland's ornate, high-domed city council chamber. Many of them carried signs. It was an angry crowd, and police officers flanked the sides of the room, ready to push everyone out if things got out of hand. The commotion was tied to the main agenda item of the night. The city council was scheduled to vote on an ambitious $11 million project to create a citywide police surveillance hub. Its official name was the Domain Awareness Center, but everyone called it the DAC. Design design, design specs called for linking real-time video feeds from thousands of cameras across the city and funneling them into a unified control hub Police would be able to punch in a location and watch it in real time or wind, the bu- or wind back the clock. They could turn on face recognition and vehicle tracking systems, plug in social media feeds and enhance their view with data coming in from other law enforcement agencies, both local and federal. Plans for this surveillance center had been roiling city, pro- city politics for months and the outrage was now making its presence felt. Residents, religious leaders, labor activists, retired politicians, masked, masked, where am I? Masked block, (laughs) masked black block anarchists and reps from the American Civil Liberties Union. They were all in attendance, rubbing shoulder to shoulder with a group of dedicated local activists who had banded together to stop the DAC. A nervous, bespectacled city official in a tan suit took the podium to reassure the agitated crowd that the Domain Awareness Center was designed to protect them, not spy on them. This is not a fusion center. We have no agreements with the NSA or the CIA or the FBI to access our databases, he said. The hall blew up in a pandemonium. The crowd wasn't buying it. People booed and hissed. This is all about monitoring protesters, someone screamed from the balcony. A young man, his face obscured by a mask, stalked to the room, the front of the room and menacingly jammed his smartphone in the city official's face and snapped photos. How does that feel? How do you like that? Being surveilled all the time, he yelled. A middle-aged man, bald, wearing glasses and crumpled khakis, took the podium and tore into the city's political leaders. You council members somehow believe that the Oakland Police Department, which has an unparalleled history of violating the civil rights of Oaklanders and which cannot even follow its own policies, be it a crowd control policy or a body camera policy, can somehow be trusted to use the DAC? He left with a bang, yelling, The only good DAC is a dead DAC. Wild applause erupted. Oakland is one of the most diverse cities in the country. It's also home to a violent, often unaccountable police department, which has been operating under federal oversight for over a decade. The police abuse has been playing out against a backdrop of increasing gentrification, fueled by the area's internet boom, and the spike in real estate prices that goes along with it. In San Francisco, neighborhoods like the Mission District, historically home to a vibrant Latino community, 
have turned into condos and lofts and upscale gastropubs. Teachers, artists, older adults, and anyone else not making a six-figure salary are having a tough time making ends meet. Oakland, which for a time was spared this fate, was now feeling the crush as well. But locals were not going down without a fight. And a lot of the anger was focused on Silicon Valley. The people gathered at, a city, hall, at city hall that night saw Oakland's deck as an extension of the tech-fueled gentrification that was pushing poorer, long-time residents out of the city. We're not stupid. We know that the purpose is to monitor Muslims, black and brown communities, and protesters, said a young woman in a headscarf. This center comes at a time when you're trying to develop Oakland into a playground and bedroom community for San Francisco professionals. This, these efforts require you to make Oakland quieter, wider, less scary, and wealthier. And that means getting rid of Muslims, black, and brown people, and protesters. You know this, and so do the developers. We heard them at the meetings. They are scared. They verbally admit it. She had a point. A few months earlier, a pair of Oakland investigative journalists had obtained a cache of internal city planning documents dealing with the DAC and found the city officials seemed to be interested more in using the proposed surveillance center to monitor political protests and labor union activity at the Oakland docks than in fighting crime. There was another wrinkle. Oakland had initially contracted out development of the DAC to the Science Applications International Corporation, a massive California-based military contractor that does so much work for the National Security Agency that it is known in the, in the intelligence business as NSA West. The company is also a major CIA contractor involved in everything from monitoring agency employees as part of the agency's insider threat programs to running the CIA's drone assassination fleet. Multiple Oakland residents came up to blast the city's decision to partner with a company that was such an integral part of the U.S. military and intelligence apparatus. SAIC facilitates the telecommunications for the drone program in Afghanistan that's murdered over a thousand innocent civilians including children, said a man in black sweater. And this is the company you choose? I looked around the room in amazement. This was the heart of a supposedly progressive San Francisco Bay Area, and yet the city planned on partnering with a powerful intelligence contractor to build a police surveillance center that, if press reports were correct, officials wanted to use to spy on and monitor locals. I didn't read that right, I don't think. Something made that scene even stranger to me that night. Thanks to a tip from a local activist, I'd gotten wind that Oakland had been in talks with Google about demoing products in what appeared to be an attempt by the company to get a part of the DAC contract, DAC contract. Google possibly helping Oakland spy on its residents? If true, it would be particularly damning. Many Oaklanders saw Silicon Valley companies such as Google as being the prime drivers of the skyrocketing housing prices, gentrification, 
and aggressive policing that was making life miserable for poor and low-income residents. Indeed, just a few weeks earlier, protesters had picked, picketed outside the local home of a wealthy Google manager who was personally involved in a nearby luxury real estate development. Google's name never came up during the tumultuous city council meeting that night, but I did manage to get my hands on a brief email exchange between a Google strategic partnership manager and an Oakland official spearheading the DAC project that hinted at something in the works. In the weeks after the city council meeting, I attempted to clarify this relationship. What kinds of services did Google offer Oakland's police surveillance center? How far did the talks progress? Were they fruitful? My requests to Oakland were ignored and Google wasn't talking either. Trying to get answers from the company was like talking to a giant rock. My investigation stalled further when Oakland residents temporarily succeeded in getting the city to halt its plans for the DAC. Though Oakland's police surveillance center was put on hold, the question remained, what could Google and a company, a company obsessed with its progressive don't be evil image offer a controversial police surveillance center? And that's goes on. The uh, prologue goes on for a few more pages before we begin the book at the history when he takes us back into the 60s, uh, back into Vietnam time. And what they were doing with, uh, I've read that part already, Some uh, where the internet surveillance started was back in, way back before we even know about it. So, anyway, through the military. Anyway, seems like it's going to be an interesting and fascinating eye-opening read and that's pretty much why I picked it up out of my local library I'll talk about maybe the other book once I begin it I haven't begun that one but I did read the article about the concentration camps and of course with our border that one is very very important to me thanks for listening I hope you have a good day that's the end of my audio mode day 24